Thanks for staying tuned after the news at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're here with Heather and Jennifer of Moms for Nuclear. And Heather, you were talking about the uh, uranium from the spent fuel in the rods and how that was part of what contained it. Um, Some of the people that I've talked to on this program, for instance, have said that those rods eventually uh, decompose from the uranium uh, energy coming into them, or maybe just rusting, I don't know. Uh, But eventually they let out the materials inside. Um, But I don't have a good idea of how long that is. A lot of people have a lot of questions about used fuel, and Mm -hmm. it can definitely seem pretty scary um, when we talk about creating materials that might be dangerous for hundreds of years. Um, I think that's where a lot of the fear of nuclear energy comes from, is that we're creating this material. Two million years? That it's um, not really, actually. Yeah, most of used fuel, that's the thing about radioactive waste, is that it radiates energy. Yeah, and eventually, basically, it, it loses its ability to radiate energy over time. Uh, whereas, uh, sorry, I jumped in on Heather there. Well, no, this is radio, folks, and what you didn't see and don't usually see is a lot of people get very... Uh, as they're gesturing, as they're talking, all of a sudden they pull their mic out accidentally. And and that's no sin. This cord is way too short for me, Stu. I got a gesture about about used fuel. It's very important. And yeah, I'm going to get very animated here. So um, yeah, used fuel is definitely one of the things that people are are scared about and, you know, don't really understand that it becomes less radioactive over time. And um, so when people say that it lasts, you know, millions of years, um, it's really about 500 years before it kind of goes back to having the same level of radioactivity in it as kind of like our naturally occurring dirt which also has uranium. A lot of our Earth's crust has Mm -hmm. uranium in it. There's radiation all around us. And so a lot of people don't really have a context for those different levels. You know, we we tend to talk about all these different units of millirem or sieverts, and people don't know what those are. I barely know what those are, you know? And so it's very scary how we talk about it. And um, it's, it's hard to provide that context to people. So again, I would just keep encouraging people to ask a lot of questions if you have questions about nuclear waste yeah yeah just you know ask us um reach out to us on our website we're at info at mothersfornuclear.org is our email we'd love to chat with you about it and um like i said it's it's um something that when we so if a if a uh, if a church or a civic club uh, wanted more information they could email you at what's the website yeah, our website is mothersfornuclear.org, uh-huh. and you can email info at mothersfornuclear.org. And we would love to come chat with you. We can give you some more information about what happens to used fuel after it comes out of the reactor, how there's kind of two choices. We can put it into storage, or we can choose to recycle it and try and make more clean power out of it. And as Jennifer mentioned, and you mentioned, I think they do that in other countries. We're researching that right now at Idaho National Labs. They're some of those advanced reactor companies that um, we talked about earlier 
are doing projects with the Department of Energy to to get that fuel and learn how to recycle it. And so there's um, lots of lots of um, options to talk about. And uh, we can talk about different ways to store the waste and how it is isolated from humans in ways that are very effective because people are so scared of it. We've done a really good job of managing it. We don't have it you know hardly any issues it's not like we're burning fossil fuels well you know it's good where to, it's good to if you're carrying a can of gasoline it's good not to smoke <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah, and it, and if you're if you're dealing with nuclear materials it's very beneficial to be very careful and uh, to contain it uh, the way that uh, science has figured out to do that yeah so that's another but, good thing about nuclear but, is we do contain it really well mm-hmm. as opposed to fossil fuels when we burn them the waste from that goes in th- into the air for mm-hmm. us all to breathe sure so I, i'd rather have nuclear waste than fossil fuel waste well you talked about some of these uh, companies that are uh, researching uh, new types of reactors smaller reactors more efficient reactors um, who, who's involved in that? Any uh, any big names? So many. And um, one of my favorites is Oaklo. They're a company there based in Mountain View here in California. And they're making micro-reactors that would use um, spent fuel from existing power plants. When you say micro, how big? Two to t- two to 15 megawatts. Well, so no, something no, no. I'm talking about is it as big as this room? It's a little bigger than this room. It's in an A-frame house, kind of. It can't fit under the hood of a car. Not quite yet, but um, (laughs) the the military is developing extra small Hmm. reactors that um, could be taken, you know, on deployments where, um, you know, my granddad was in World War II. He was in charge of building oil pipelines to bring energy to the troops in remote locations. Mm -hmm. And so if we didn't have to do that, if we had a, a clean source of power that we could just, you know, plug in, that would be hugely helpful to our military. So then having electric tanks and uh, jeeps and things like that uh, might become practical. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, I know there's a proposal to start building those for the military, but uh, then how do you get them plugged in? So there's a development, folks. I, uh, <laughs> I had not expected that. Uh, Jennifer, the, can you talk about some of the uh, research facilities and who's involved in that? Uh, as far as which kind of research? For the, the more advanced, smaller kinds of nuclear power plants? Well, Heather mentioned Idaho National Laboratory. That's one of the yeah. sort of primary locations in the U.S. where a lot of the research on reactors is done. Um, Oak Ridge National Laboratory, Argonne National Laboratory in, near Chicago, um, and Los Alamos and Livermore and other places as well. I, I thought I'd read that Bill Gates uh, was involved in something like that and, and even uh, that fellow who developed the Tesla um, Elon Musk, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's medium on nuclear. Bill okay. Gates is actually also kind of medium on nuclear. Okay. He's very supportive of his advanced nuclear company, which is great. Um, they, they have plans to build a site um, in Wyoming. Wyoming. Um, and, yeah, his, his company is called TerraPower. They want to build a natrium reactor, which is a different type now, of what's reactor. In, what is it for our listeners and your host what is a natrium oh my gosh there's so many different kinds of advanced nuclear reactors and so many different companies that are developing different varieties it's kind of like you pick your 
your fuel source and you pick your type of fuel and you pick your cycle and you pick a whole lot of different variables and you can combine them in so many different ways. And um, I, th I think the natrium reactor is a, a fast reactor, which um, has to do with, you know, how the neutrons cause fission in the fuel which is different than a thermal reactor like what we have at Diablo Canyon where the neutrons have to be traveling at a different speed hmm. to cause the fission. So there's a lot of differences and they're kind of technical, but I, I'm just excited that there's so many people wanting to do so many different types and use them for different applications so that we can really effectively like decarbonize a lot of our different sectors, you know, transportation and buildings and industrial stuff, cruise ships, uh, military, like we talked about space, you know, like there's radioisotope generators that um, aren't fission. They're just um, based on the energy from radioactive decay that causes heat. So we've used those on some of our Mars landers to power those because, you know, there's not a whole lot of solar I out think, there. <laughs> I think the Viking spacecraft. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, so many had, different kinds of ways a, to get a energy. Nuclear battery as big as a bus. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's all very exciting. Yeah. So, well, some of the applications you're talking about, I mean, you're saying there's all these different kinds, but does that mean, um, you know, if you could have one that was going to, produce the heat for a steel factory would not necessarily it could all maybe do the electricity too but just the heat for heating the steel that's a really great point too yeah and um, typically in the United States we've mostly used nuclear energy for generating electricity but in other countries they use it for you know building heating and hmm. nuclear can make really really hot you know, processes that can be used for steel production or concrete okay. or lots of those other processes that are really hard to decarbonize because they require burning a whole lot of fossil fuels to get hot, hot enough temperatures. Mm -hmm. And so if we use nuclear to generate that heat, like you said, double whammy, you know, with the heat and the electricity to power those processes, yeah, it can be really powerful for our future. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's, that's very interesting. And, uh, so I guess, is there going to be a micro nuclear power plant that's uh, small enough to run a whole farm, you know, 5,000 acre farm someplace? People definitely have that vision and they're working towards uh, developing the kinds of reactors that could be deployed in uh -huh. that way. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Stay tuned after these very important advertisements. Mm -hmm. 